What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Man, this was a tough one tonight. This was a tough one for a lot of reasons. If you had looked at the schedule days in advance, if you had looked at the schedule weeks in advance and you thought, man, it's going to be a tough one against the Toronto Raptors. But if you go ahead and you beat the Portland Trailblazers and you look at the game around it and you look at the games around it and you look at the way that they've played recently and you go out, they lose to the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. Oh, maybe it's not so bad. You know, it's, it's, it's not so bad to lose to a team that is, you know, competing with the Boston Celtics to grab the number two spot in the conference. And, you know, all of that changes when the game starts and you see how well the team is actually playing. And I'd actually maybe argue against myself a little bit there when I say that the team played well. I think they had moments where they played really well. Overall, I don't know that this was the the most solid game that the Sacramento Kings have played this season. Uh, but it was definitely against the Raptors team that was making life extremely difficult for them. Welcome in to the Sacramento Kings broadcast. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. I'm your host, Damon Barling. I thank you uh, for allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage, uh, as you always do. I thank you to those who have subscribed, uh, rated, reviewed. I thank you to those who have shared and told your friends about us. Uh, if you're a Kings fan, uh, make sure all of your Kings fans know about what we're doing here on the Hoopball Podcast Network. And even as the season starts to wind down here with just you know, 17, 18 games left, however many it is, know that the podcast will continue uh, well into the offseason. We'll be covering the NBA draft. We'll be covering... Uh, free agency, and we'll be covering uh, different off-season storylines as the regular season quickly winds down here. The Kings lose tonight 118 to 113, and you live and die by that three-pointer, man. And the Kings were riding high Saturday night against the Portland Trailblazers on that three-pointer. Bogdan Bogdanovich was in on the act. Buddy Heald was in on the act. The entire Sacramento Kings were in on the act. They hit like 21 threes, 20-some-odd threes. They shot 30 of them, 39 of them. They were feeling good. Uh, That did not carry over till tonight. They pretty much shot themselves out in Portland. They were 8 of 31 uh, from three-point range, and a lot of those threes came pretty late. As a matter of fact, a clump of them came early, another clump of them came late, and the three-point shot was completely absent through the middle of the game. Uh, The Raptors, however, uh, after going 1 of 11 in the first quarter, uh, they doubled down on three-point attempts and wound up going 19 of 48. So that's the difference in the game. The Raptors hit 19 free throws, uh, 19 three-pointers. Excuse me. The Raptors hit 19 three-pointers. The Kings hit eight. Um, there are a lot of positives that you could take away from this game. Um, Darren hit. T- he was 10 of 10 uh, from the uh, foul line today. Uh, that's over the last uh, two games. 
I think that's 18 of 18 in the last two games. Uh, someone alerted to me as we were on the hot mic app tonight. Someone told me that he's uh, shooting 90% plus from, from the free throw line in the month of March, uh, which is a dramatic turnaround from where he was earlier uh, this season. But this was this was a game where it felt like the Kings. Uh, it, it's kind of a it, it's a lot like the Philadelphia game, uh, unlike the Philadelphia game where the 76ers just did not let the door open for the Sacramento Kings at all. Toronto did a couple of times, and there were stretches in the game. You know, the Kings were down 12 in the first quarter. Kings were down double digits a couple of times in this game, and they were able to claw themselves back into it. There were a couple of times where the Kings took the lead. In the game. Uh, But there was a stretch really there in the first half. After being down 12, they claw back, they fight back, they get the lead, and they had an opportunity to, you know, a four point lead could have turned into a, you know, a 10, 12 point lead because the shots that were falling in the first quarter were Toronto, for Toronto, just completely stopped falling. And I don't know if that was uh, a kick up of defensive intensity. By the Sacramento Kings, I don't, I don't know if that was Kent Bazemore and, and, and Corey Joseph and, the, and, and those defensive guys being out there on the floor, or if things just weren't happening for Toronto. You know, there were a lot of possessions where Toronto's offense was just stuck. Like, it was not moving. And then come the fourth quarter, there were a lot of possessions where the Kings' offense wasn't moving. If you go back and you watch film on this game, which we know Luke Walton's going to do, you'll see a lot of possessions where there's no movement from four Kings players. There's a guy with the ball, and then there are four guys kind of standing around. And then there were some plays late in the fourth quarter where there was some movement, and then they were all just jumbled up on one side of the floor. And I really don't know what was happening on that 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 last three-point attempt. I, I didn't like the quick De'Aaron three. I, I like the idea of a quick shot, but I thought you probably could have, if you were going to do a quick shot in that in that sense where De'Aaron took the three and missed, if you were going to do a quick shot there, I I would have rather you gone for two because De'Aaron could have done that. De'Aaron could have gotten you two points with an a, 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 at least a potential for an opportunity at a third one if you if you were able to get the whistle. And I think you could have done that in the same time frame, sent the Raptors back to the foul line and see what happens. But they wound up doing the quick three. Now it worked out because the Raptors missed one of two. And then it ended with that, Nemanja Bielitsa deep three, and I know that Belly has hit, you know, a game-winning deep three before. Uh, I, this would have been a game tying. I did. I just didn't like the look. There was no, again, there was no flow to the Kings' offense, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the, you know, applause for Siakam and and Ibaka and and, and Norman Powell and, and Kyle Lowry. Maybe maybe it's applause for those guys instead of talking about what the Kings weren't doing, but it just felt like the Kings were doing a lot of standing still. Uh, Buddy Heald, he was three of eight from the three-point line. He had three threes in the first half. Catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. And I don't feel like he ever, he he got in position a couple of times. I know at least two of the other, uh, 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 two of the other three-point attempts he had were just, clean, like they were just clean looks, like, crispy, clean looks that if he shot six more times, he probably made five of them. He just missed that one. Uh, and it happened on a, on, a, on a couple of possessions where he got clean looks, but then there were other possessions where he was just dribbling and trying to create. And there were, there were a lot of wasted possessions that the Kings had in critical moments. And when the Raptors were in kind of those critical moments of games, 
they 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 pretty much did the exact opposite. Like they hit they hit a three, they hit a three that made things uh, significantly more frustrating for the Kings. Whether it was the Kings on the verge of extending their lead, or if the, it, it was the Kings closing in, you know maybe they were within two. Kyle Lowry comes back and, and it hits a three. Like Kyle Lowry scored. There was a stretch in the very, very beginning of the fourth quarter where Kyle Lowry scored seven points in, like, 50-something seconds. I mean, he was really, really good tonight. Norman Powell was really good tonight. I mean, the Raptors overall, were the Raptors starters were really good. Their bench, the Raptors bench scored seven points. Like, I mean, think about that for a second. The, the Raptors bench scored seven points. The Raptors scored 118. Their starters scored 111 of those points. But those seven points, I mean, I guess that's all they needed. I remember Pal Gasol's three in the flow of the game and thought, man, Pal picked a hell of a time to hit his first basket, his first and only basket of the game. It was an impactful shot. The Raptors won by six, or they won by five, excuse me. So, you, you know, the, the Kings bench was the exact opposite. Like, they were strong. You had 15 from Alex Lynn. You had 15 from Kent Bazemore. You had kind of a, a dead 11 from Buddy Heald. Let's go to Luke Walton here, what he has to say. Hard fought by our guys, especially, uh, you know, we got this, the slow starts. We got we to gotta get, we got to figure that out because it's, you know, the, the, we're having to rely on our bench to come in and actually get us fighting. And the bench did a great job of that again. We put them in and went on a 13-1 run. And for most of the game from that point on, we were really good, except for the third quarter again. Same thing to start the third quarter. Uh, we had to take another timeout and go back to the bench again. And, uh, you know, coming off of back-to-back, uh, it, you know, the guys gave great effort, um, made some big plays, and then give your hat to the, to, you know, tip your hat to the champs. They, they, Every three they needed in the fourth quarter, they hit, including Siakam's step back at the buzzer from felt like 30 feet. And, you know, they would drive and, and they, they knocked those down. And our guys did a nice job of knocking them down, too. But to me, where we really lost that game, we go back and look at it as the start of the first and the start of the third. Katie Hunter, Kings TV, you mentioned the slow start, Coach. Um, third game in four nights. Uh, is it a little bit kind of anticipated that you might have to rely a little bit heavier on your bench for maybe a little bit of a spark in a situation like that? Well, yeah, we, we were going to, you know, we were going to get to the bench earlier, shorter rotation. We know guys' legs are probably a little a little um, tired, but that's no excuse. I mean, give us what you got, and then we'll get you out when you're tired. But we can't, you know, it's especially playing that, you know, that, that type of team. Um, you know, we was fat. I mean, to start the third quarter, it was... Four fouls, uh, open corner three, and in uh, in a transition layup. You know what I mean? It's like these are things that we have to give your maximum effort. When you're tired, we'll get you out. So um, I get the three and four nights, and and our guys been playing really hard and fighting and scrapping. But that's you know we we gotta we have to be better than that. 
I know when it comes down in-game situation like that and it's close and you're going back and forth, free throws, defensive substitutions, offensive substitutions, um, where in that process uh, was it where you felt like Buddy, you, you know, wasn't someone that you needed to go to in terms of a little bit of offense in that situation? And, and what, at what point Down the of stretch it? of the, like, when it came down to the last couple minutes where you're going back yeah, and forth. Well, we were scoring. I mean, we really were scoring on every play. I and mean, we put... We scored 39 points in the fourth quarter. So offensively, we're you know you scored 39 in a close game. Just, you're doing enough to, to win offensively. Um, you know, we were buddy. I thought was playing a good game, and we were going to get him back in there. And then Bowie started you know really turning it on, and that group that was out there was really in a good rhythm. And um, so we we stuck with them, and you know we have confidence. So, you know, multiple guys made big plays. Fox stepped up, hit free throws, hit threes. Bogey hit some. Um, Belly's hit game winners for us before. So you know we have faith in, in in all our guys. And I've said before, when a group is rolling, we're gonna stay with them. And you score 39 points in a quarter, then we're gonna you know we're most likely we're gonna stay with that group. Hey, Coach Jason Jones, the Athletic. Uh, down to you get, uh, inbound the ball and De'Aaron gets that three up pretty yeah. quickly. Was that what you wanted to look, get a quick shot or were you looking for something different? We were looking to get a quick um, a quick one. You know, we were peeling out bogey over the top. And a lot of, you know, those actions we do um, to try to get De'Aaron downhill. Uh, but he's looking, I've said it from day one, he's the head of our snake. If he, he hit a couple big threes before that. If, he, if that's how he's feeling, um, you know, we raise up and shoot it. You know, this this is, you know, we're going with you. And uh, he didn't make the shot, but, you know, he, he had the courage to, to pull up and take it. And that's what you want out of your young, um, your young, one of your young stars. So, it, you know, if he hits it, he's a, everyone celebrating him. He missed it. All right, that's, you know, again, that's not why we lost the game. We lost the game because the way we started the first quarter and the way we started the third quarter. Um, but to long answer to your question yeah the the play was to go quick try to get downhill if they collapse find your shooters luke james ham nbc sports uh the the slow starts in the first and the third it's not like a one game issue um are you considering moving forward with a different starting lineup to mix things up or are you happy with what you're doing yeah we're gonna go uh i'm gonna watch some uh watch the tape again tonight and, and then we'll reevaluate tomorrow. I don't like to, to make decisions after a loss, especially before I've made uh, uh, had time to really sit down and break down the film on it. That's interesting. Okay, good question there from Hammer, asking if he'll consider changing a starting lineup because you got to, you know, he, he, I feel like I'm overly critical of Luke Walton's press conferences. The team is playing well. Like, let's not forget that. You know, they're 13 and seven, I think, in their last 20 games. Like. And they were three of, what was it like? I think three and fifteen in their previous eighteen games. So they're they're playing well over the course of their last twenty. Tonight sucks. Like they had it. Uh, you know they lost to a team that's forty five and eighteen. They lost to a team that's completing for the second seed in the in in the Eastern Conference. I mean, those losses are difficult, uh, especially when you have the opportunity to win them. But the fact is now. Okay, you're four games back from Memphis. And, you know, we were talking about this today uh, on the Hot Mic app, which you haven't, if you haven't downloaded Hot Mic, check that out. Like, it's a lot of fun. It's basically, it's basically a radio show for two hours and 15 minutes during the game, and we all kind of watch the game together. It's basically alternate commentary uh, for your game, and, and, and we have a lot of fun doing it. It has a chat room in it. Uh, you could take part in the show. It's, you know, I, I try to keep up on, 
on all of the uh, the you know the conversations that are going on, and of course we t- talk about all the other NBA stories as well. But you know, we mentioned uh, you know in, in in the broadcast today, like the, the the you want the Kings to continue to play well, right? But the fact is, where they're at, and and this this holds true for Portland, uh, this holds true for San Antonio, and the only team that it holds true to a far lesser degree than the other teams is New Orleans. You know, you often hear it's it's kind of a lazy sports conversation, but it happens pretty regularly. Like, well, did this team win the game or did this team lose the game? Well, the fact is the Grizzlies are going to have to lose their playoff position. Like, they're in the driver's seat, and they're four games up from the nearest team behind them. There's like 17 or 18 games left. If the Grizzlies lose a four-game lead over the last 17, like they blew it, and that's how they're going to have to look at it, and that's how a lot of NBA people are going to look at it. They're going to look at it as the Memphis Grizzlies blew it. Now, the only like, and the reason is because the Kings don't play the Grizzlies six more times. You know what I mean? Like the Kings aren't in control of their own destiny. Kings could win every game for the rest of the season if if the Grizzlies don't lose enough, it doesn't matter. No team is in control of their own destiny. The closest is the Pelicans, and they play the Grizzlies twice. And even if they beat the Grizzlies twice, it's still not enough. So the Grizzlies are going to have to fall. You want the Kings to continue to play well. You want them to beat the New Orleans Pelicans coming up on Wednesday. You want them to win all of these games. You want the Grizzlies to lose, but ultimately... Again, the Kings can win the last 17, 18 games of the season. They can still not make the playoffs. They need the Grizzlies' help for them to make the playoffs. They need the Grizzlies to lose a couple of games along the way. Now, we're all confident that they can because we've seen it. We've seen the Grizzlies lose a chunk of games in a small period of time, and we've seen it in very recent history. And I think there's a lot of us who feel like, I don't buy the Grizzlies yet. We're, we're this deep into the season and we're still looking at the Grizzlies like, is this for real? Are they really the squad? Are they really about that? Well, they may very well be. And the fact is, you don't have to be, at, at, at this point, you don't have to be that good to make the eighth spot. You just have to be good enough. And right now, Memphis is good enough. Memphis, right now, in the eighth spot, is where the Kings were last year at this time in like the ninth spot. Like the Kings were right at that 500 mark, right around that 500 mark at this point in the season last year. It was good for the ninth spot. Well, this year that 500 mark is it's it's good for the eighth spot. You know, the Kings are they're 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 going to need some help and these victories go a long way because at some point you got to think someone's going to steal one from Memphis. Like a bad team is going to beat the Grizzlies. And you could go back and you look at these games, man. Remember when the Kings beat, you know, they beat the 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 Trailblazers on one night, came back the next night, beat the Toronto Raptors, had a couple of days to rest, re-geared up. Zion Williamson was at the Golden 1 Center and the Kings got the dub there. Well, Luke Walton's going to go watch tape. He's going to make his assessments. And now the Kings players, they just... Got to kind of regroup because they have a huge game coming up on Wednesday. And every game from here on out is that it's it's the next big game. Like it's the, you know, the Kings are constantly playing the biggest game of the season. 
I mean, I don't know that anybody looks at the, the, the Raptors game tonight and goes, oh, that was the biggest game of the season and the Kings lost. Like, pretty much every game is big for them moving forward. But they've got New Orleans coming up. That's pretty big. That's pretty big because, you know, they're right there competing for that playoff spot. They've got Brooklyn. They've got Dallas. Houston, Orlando. You've got the Pelicans again. You can't lose to teams like Cleveland. You can't lose to teams like Atlanta. They've got them on the schedule. They've got the Spurs on the schedule coming up here. They've got the Cavaliers on the schedule a couple of times coming up here. Like, I'm looking at this right now thinking, man, San Antonio, they're going to have to beat the Spurs twice. They've got to beat Minnesota. They have certainly have to beat Golden State. Where are the Lakers going to be on the second to last day of the season? Where are the Denver Nuggets going to be three games you know, before the end of the season, what are they going to be thinking? They've got to be able to beat bad teams like Minnesota. They've got to be able to beat teams that are in the hunt like San Antonio. It's a really, really difficult road for the Kings to make up those four games. The good news is uh, the Pelicans play the Grizzlies twice. The Kings play the Pelicans twice. Man, you could really offset a whole lot of playoff uh, battles right there if the the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies twice and the Kings beat the Pelicans twice. More good news, the very same Toronto Raptors that we saw tonight, they play the Grizzlies twice in consecutive games. They play two times in the span of three days. Grizzlies got a pretty tough schedule. I, I take that back. The Grizzlies got a really tough march. The rest of their march is a it's it's a fight. But you can't just go along counting victories. I mean, I guess we've got a new look Brooklyn Nets team that the Kings are going to see coming up on Sunday. Whatever that means, a new a new look Brooklyn Nets team. I mean, well, they got a new coach. They got the dub tonight. But I'm anxious to see. I love that question from James Ham there. I'm anxious to see if uh, Luke Walton uh, makes any changes got, to the starting lineup and perhaps if uh, things don't go well against the New Orleans Pelicans or perhaps more specifically to what James Ham and Luke Walton were talking about if uh, things don't start well against the New Orleans Pelicans if he considers making a change. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I appreciate the explanation on the, on the possession there that De'Aaron took the three. I love the fact that he says uh, he was going. They were they were going for the quick two. They were basically going for the quick basket. If the shot was there for the three, they were going to take it. It felt like De'Aaron had his mind made up when he started the play that he was going for the three. I don't felt like he looked for anything else. I don't think he looked to penetrate to the basket. Something that he had done all year. Like the Kings were really really good in terms of points in the paint. Um, but it felt like when that play started, he knew exactly what he was going to do, and that was going to be a three point shot. And it just like you could almost tell the way it went up. Like it fired off of the side of the rim. And then Rashawn Holmes, like we didn't even talk about the missed free throw from Rashawn Holmes there uh, that would have created an entirely different dynamic there on that final possession where he just arced that thing a mile high in the air. And it's like, okay, like if that's your if that's your free throw strategy, man, you do the Dwight Howard bit where you step back like two feet, two or three feet. But, I mean, there, there, there's, a, there, there's a lot of moments you could go back and you could look at this game and you just... You know, you shake your head at, and you, you you get frustrated with. There's a lot to be frustrated with uh, in terms of this game because it, it it was a it was a very very good opponent, and the Kings were in a great great position to win it, and ultimately they didn't. They lost one eighteen to one thirteen, and their record falls to twenty eight 
and 36. We will be back with you here on Wednesday, immediately following the uh, Pelicans and the Kings. Uh, it's my time to shill all of my products. Check out the podcast with Damian Barling. That's available on all of your podcast platforms. It's available on this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. Also, starting live stream tomorrow on YouTube. Make sure you check out that as well. And if you want to jump in uh, with the Kings community that we got going on over on the Hot Mic app, check that out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, even talk of Carmichael Dave uh, joining the the gang there. Uh, search Hot Mike in your app store, whether it's iOS, Android, it doesn't really matter. Uh, hit the download button. It's absolutely free. Use the invite code Damien725. Uh, you can join us each time we do a live broadcast. Make sure you follow me there. You'll be alerted when I go live. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And then, of course, thank you for su your support of the Sacramento Kings podcast. We'll see you Wednesday night.